It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome back. I'm Lee Lonsberry. It is 106 here in the KSL Newsroom. Just a moment ago, uh, Robin forwarded on to me from the Utah Department of Health today's case count, and we're, we're checking some of the historical data to see where things fall historically. But uh, let me share with you what we have learned today. Today, in terms of positive cases, uh, they're reporting, that is the Utah Department of Health, we're reporting only 159 new cases since yesterday. 159 new cases since yesterday. Now, I know I know, many of you out there, you hear that number and your immediate first question is, yeah, well, how many tests did they administer? Well, I'll tell you, 2,333 tested since yesterday. That ultimately uh, equates to a seven-day average of percent positivity of 4.1%. Now, I will, uh, I will say we have been a bit lower than that 4.1% uh, over the past few weeks, but 159 new cases is pretty darn good. Uh, Pretty, pretty darn good. 2,496 more vaccines administered since yesterday. Now, that's a low number because yesterday was Sunday. Uh, I expect tomorrow when the the data comes back, it'll be significantly higher uh, than that. Anyway, I just got that information. I wanted you to, to hear 159. 115. I couldn't tell you. Robin's looking right now, and we'll get to, we'll get a better sense. Here, hop on the microphone. What are you finding over there, uh, Robin? Hey, so from what I can tell, it's the lowest since it looks like last May. Um, now, someone might correct me, but I'm on the you know Utah coronavirus.gov, and, and I'm scrolling through the numbers here, and it looks like on May, you toggle around here. Sure. May, yeah, like May 27th, they reported 88 cases. And then it jumped up the next day to 243, and stayed in the 200s uh, from there on out, and then it went up from there. So right around May May 18th of last year. Outstanding. Uh, well, you, you hope that this continues the the trend that we have been seeing, not just here in the state of Utah, but nationwide. Uh, and especially as we learn that is uh, AstraZeneca is knocking on the door of the FDA soon to submit an application for emergency approval of that version of the vaccine. And should it receive that approval, uh, you, you can bet that I'll be there uh, ready and willing to roll my sleeve up and get that vaccine. So uh, anyway, uh, we'll leave that at that. Oh, I'll point out some of the other data before we move on. Uh, hospitalizations, 147 people currently hospitalized with COVID-19 and uh, no new deaths to report as a result of COVID-19 here in the state of Utah over the past 24 hours. Uh, those are the numbers. Uh, you can count on uh, new ones tomorrow, hoping that they continue uh, this, this, this trend, this positive trend uh, across the country as well. Uh, okay, um, what, what was I going to wrap up? Oh, uh, Willie Nelson. Uh, it turns out, yes, it was uh, Willie Nelson. It has told a story for uh, a number of years 
about how he uh, once smoked marijuana on the roof of the White House. And one of the one, one element of uh, him telling that story, he never he never revealed who or with whom he was uh, smoking that marijuana up there, but did indicate that there was another individual. And uh, since since then, uh, it has later been revealed by Jimmy Carter himself that uh, the other party involved in that rooftop marijuana smoking there at the White House was uh, none other than Carter's own son, James Earl Carter III, uh, who has since uh, confirmed it as well. So, uh, interesting story. Uh, Willie Nelson and the son of Jimmy Carter up there on the roof of the White House <laughs> smoking a little uh, Mary Jane. Uh, interesting stuff. Anyway, uh, okay, let's move on. You know that you and I often discuss this uh, idea and notion of remote working. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of it, endured it for about six, seven months, uh, pitched a fit, and they let me back here in the building, and I've been working here from the studio since. Uh, But there are a a number of Americans that, number one, are still, excuse me, a number of Americans who are still uh, working from home, uh, but they like it. They like it. And so there are industries and technologies that are developing to better facilitate this remote working. Hold on one second. I'm going to take a drink of this water bottle here. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Outstanding. Nestle Pure Life. Good water there. <clears throat> oh, now my throat's nice and clear. A number of individuals, back at it, a number of folks uh, who enjoy uh, the remote working, right? It gives you a certain sense of flexibility. Uh, you maybe are one who is easily distracted while in the workplace, and so working from home allows you to be more productive, uh, and that's all well and good. I had no idea. I had no idea the extent of how many American workers were today, instead of reporting to a workplace, rather working from home. Uh, Pew Research, uh, it's a, a research firm that you and I uh, discuss quite often. Uh, they ask a lot of questions about politics, uh, and they often have great research results. Anyway, uh, just touting their bona fides there. Uh, one in five, this is according to this Pew Research, and it's about remote working. One in five say they worked from home, uh, or they they worked from home most or all of the time. Now, of those workers are doing their job from home all or most of the time. And more than half say that given a choice, they would want to keep working from home even after uh, the pandemic is over. Even after the pandemic was over. Now, here they they break down a bit. So that's 71% are working from home. Among employed adults who say that for the most part, the responsibilities of their job can be done from home, 71% of them uh, are are there. 70% uh, working from home. Of that same pool, 20% uh, worked from home before the coronavirus uh, outbreak. Uh, and then the 54% of those individuals said that they would want to work from home after the coronavirus uh, outbreak ends. Now, uh, let's break down those details a bit further uh, in terms of why, why that's the case. Well, many said that having the technology and equipment they need to do their job is, is just easy to come by. 
meeting deadlines and completing projects on time. 80% say, yeah, that's just easy. That's, that's, I am better at doing it from home than I am from the workplace. 77% uh, say that working from home is a completely adequate workspace. 68 say, uh, 68% that is, uh, report that being able to get their work done uh, from home is easier. To do so without interruption is even easier. And then 64% feel a heightened motivation to get their work done. Stunning. I, I would never have guessed those, those uh, survey findings. The reason I bring this up today is first off that interesting survey, and then uh, uh, there was a study commissioned uh, recently by PC Magazine, which looked nationwide at the, the cities where remote working is the most comfortable and effective. And would you believe that two Utah cities made it onto the list? The, the way they measured this was uh, they looked at like internet availability, they looked at uh, home prices, home value, and then looked at general quality of life. And they've got some sort of uh, you know smart formula to figure that out, which ultimately results in uh, Kaysville, Utah, and Price, Utah, being some of the best cities in the United States to work from home. Uh, Kaysville and Price. So I'll tell you what, if you're listening right now and you are at home working in Kaysville or Price, do me this favor, send a text message uh, and let me know why life is so good for you. 801, uh, or no, I'm sorry, 575. Here's the the Utah Community Credit Union text line. It's five seven five zero zero. I just love to hear from you if your experience agrees with this PC Magazine story, which seems to in- indicate that working from home in Kaysville or Price, Utah, is better than almost anywhere else uh, in the nation. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to look at digital communication, specifically between husband and wife, when one or the other is in the workplace all day. Do you have like ongoing communication? Is there an expectation that if your spouse sends you a note that you ought to reply instantly? I'll share with you uh, how it goes for the Lonsberries. Robin Garfield will share how it goes for the Garfields. And we'll ask you, how does it go for you? I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.